Hey guys, uh, just before we get into Dice Heist, I'd like to give ourselves a little bit of an ad. Uh, recently we launched our Patreon, and we'd love to have you, our listeners, join us there. Uh, on Patreon, we are providing additional bonus content that you guys can only gain by uh, donating to our Patreon every month. Uh, we have four different tiers for you to join at, and each of them is at a different price level. Whatever you are comfortable giving is up to you, uh, but every, every single level you will gain more and more uh, content. So first off, at $3 tier, you get access to our after show. At the $5 tier, you get access to our one-shot mini-series that we release every three months. At the $10 tier, you get the ability to create an NPC that gets put into the main show of Dice Heist, as well as a shout-out in every single episode. Uh, and then the final and fourth tier is our $25 a month tier, and at here, you guys will receive an exclusive merch item every three months. Uh, we have a couple things picked out, but it will have exclusive and integral artwork that will be important in the show whenever it comes out. Uh, we also have two stretch goals set. First, at $200 a month, we would like to start a free giveaway for all $10 and up patrons. Uh, this giveaway could include gift cards, gift certificates, dice, D&D books, merch, or even a chance to be a guest on our Heist House episodes. That's our after show. Uh, our second stretch goal is the $400 a month uh, goal. So here, we would like to splurge and get the camera equipment that we need so that we can actually start recording our episodes. Now, these episodes would only be available to patrons. So everyone at the $3 and up tier would be able to get access to our episodes as videos. Uh, and then from there, uh, we'll also include a tabletop simulator so you can get an idea of what's going on and you'll actually get an uncut version of the show so hopefully you guys will like that if we ever get there i hope in the future to add more stretch goals but right now we're just going to stick with this i think that's very attainable and go ahead and go to patreon.com slash dice heist if you guys would like to join uh if you can we would really appreciate it. if not that's fine too being active on social media really helps us out as well. Uh, sharing our posts, stuff like that, telling your friends, just spread the word about the show. Thank you guys so much for listening. Lastly, before we get to the show, I'd like to thank our two $10 and up patrons, uh, Nick Dettilio and Christopher S. Thank you guys so much for donating that amount of money. It really means a lot to us, and hopefully you guys are enjoying your Patreon rewards. Welcome to Dice Heist, where we roll the dice and see what we can get away with. My name is Aaron. I will be playing Bertram Dirgestride, your resident bard. Uh, off to see the wizard, as it were. Over to you, Nick. Uh, well, I'm, I'm not a wizard, but uh, good good try. Uh, I'm Nick, and I am playing uh, Dirk Vilgoth, the arcane trickster. Uh, over to you, Bronson. Hey, everybody. It's Bronson here again. I'm playing Adam Vadova, our rogue wizard. DM. All right, guys. Hi. Uh, I am your DM, Racelin. Thank you guys for joining us on this next episode of Dice Heist. And where were we last time? There was a couple of things happening, I remember. Uh, and the party is still split up. So I think, first off, we have Dirk and Adam still teamed up with our new friend, Tebow. 
and Tebow is currently still being played by Aaron for us. Thank you, Aaron, for mm-hmm. stepping in and playing that NPC for me. I figured it'd be fun so that you can participate in the action <laughs> uh, when it happens. Uh, so Bertram, on the other hand, is in something that he finds sketchy right now. He's off to see the wizard. Yeah, he's off to see <laughs> the wizard. And by the wizard, he means the secret organization that his father apparently has been working for for nearly all of his adult life, he'd assume. And this has caused some difficult uh, feelings, I'm sure, for Bertram, uh, knowing that his father had this double life and kept this secret from him till he was an adult himself. But his father seems to be showing him kindness now and trying to let him in on this secret while also making sure that his son trusts him by offering him when he said he felt like he might die (laughs) to go home if that's what he would wish, as that was not his intention. (laughs) Uh, But we are going to pick back up with Bertram immediately as he pulls up to the warehouse that they have been moving to. And as you approach, it seems abandoned. Windows boarded up and the bricks crumbling at the corners. Brazoff pulls the quad motor to the front bay door, gets out and opens it, then pulls the quad motor in and closes the door behind you before turning off the quad motor itself. Manfred exits the quad motor silently. He motions for you to do the same, pressing a finger over his lips as he does so. Do you follow? I will uh, quietly get out of... Cool. Uh, So you follow him as he leads you down rows of old machinery in various forms of disrepair. Uh, This machinery mostly has tarps over the top of it, but you are able to catch glimpses of it. Beneath is what appears to be uh, several different uh, lifts, similar things like the crane that you saw back in Vago, um, the machine used to maneuver around cargo that you saw in the uh, last investigation that you guys dealt with. And your father leads you down this almost alleyway uh, towards the back of the warehouse. And as he finally reaches uh, this one, maybe second or third from the back, he stops. And he pulls the tarp away from this. And underneath, you see what appears to be the cab of a lift machine uh, with a cracked window and a black faded leather seat inside. Uh, Manfred, taking a handkerchief, opens the door slowly, eliciting a creak of disapproval from the long-neglected metal. He sits in the seat, then closes the door behind him, then looks up at you and motions down towards this control panel sitting in front of him. He then presses slowly six different buttons. I'm going to have to try to pay attention to this, I guess. And he presses them slowly enough that you are able to pick up the order in which he presses them. Uh, And immediately as he presses the final one, before it even uh, pops back up, so to speak, he disappears. (laughs) And is no longer sitting there. Like, is shunted away or just, like, one one frame he's there exactly yes like uh cheap bad movies uh just you know took him out in in a scene 
just go right then um i i will brazoff puts his hand on your shoulder and uh puts his finger to his lips as you say right then i'm just gonna scowl at him i'm gonna open the door so it creaks loudly like it just did <laughs> i'm gonna put my fingers on my lips and press off <laughs> and then i'm gonna go so. he, he has this like stiff face yeah i i know there's not any places nearby I could. <laughs> Uh, you could do so before you enter the way. <laughs> I, I, I know Dirk's looking for uh, him to leave a thing, but uh, Bertram thinks that this is uh, something he's got to deal with. Okay. So he's going to uh, fucking ride or die. I guess. Ride or die. Got it. Uh, so you hop into this machine as you sit down in the chair. The support in it has definitely been worn away. And it is very uncomfortable. Uh, but before you, you do see the array of buttons. And you can remember the order in which your father pressed them. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to push them. And uh, while, as I'm pushing the last one, it looks, I'm going to begin to make a rude gesture at Razov. Um, and <laughs> as you sit, <laughs> as, as you feel your hand release this button, and your hand begins to rise <laughs> into this lewd uh, gesture towards Brazov. You're looking up towards your father as <laughs> you flip him off. And you are currently sitting in uh, a chair, a very comfortable chair, actually, at the end of a hall. To your left stands your father. Apology. A smile on his face. He holds out a hand to you to help you up. I'm just going to get Okay. Uh, seeing that you do not wish to grab his hand, he puts it down. Uh, and as you stand, you take in the sight around you. Uh, and before you, along this hall, there are braziers uh, lining the alcoves uh, along this. And each one has a different colored flame in it. They begin as the first one as red, then the next blue, the next green, the next seemingly imperceptible, but you see a faint smoke above it. You're not sure. Beyond that is a pure white flame and finally a purple flame. Smallest of them all, but still there. And this pattern continues on down the hall. Uh... The stonework is dark, almost black, with hints of color, almost rainbow-like, webbing throughout it in these cracks. Uh, as the flickering of the braziers catches it, it looks as if it is a shimmering rainbow before you on the walls. And this dome-like room that you're sitting in uh, is maybe 15 feet in circumference. Uh, and behind you, uh, as you peer around, you hear Brazov stand as he pops into the room as well. Shh. Apologize for shushing you, Bertram. I, I, sh I should apologize. I don't, uh, I'm not my best self today. That is very understandable. 
normally I'm much more charming and uh, fun to be around and hilarious. As is what I have observed. And he nods to you. Okay, stalker. Yes, that, that was my literal job to find you. Brazov, just Nothing to be worried it. about here. Just leave it. <sighs> Brazov, would you lead us to the council chambers, please? Of course, sir. And he wanders ahead of you guys, um, giving you a little bit of a side eye as he walks by. <laughs> <laughs> Bertram ticking one more in the possible enemies <laughs> column. <laughs> uh, I don't understand how someone with such a great charisma is so abrasive at times. <laughs> Other than being intentionally so. Uh, well, I'm, I mean, Dirk's intelligence is also 18 and he's, you know, not always the most <laughs> <laughs> accurate accurate um so yeah you uh are wandering down this hallway with your father and brazov it extends for about a hundred feet before coming to a curve towards the left uh and along these walls there's just these brazers and finally it comes to this large room uh, and before you, it's again another large domed room uh, with several halls similar to the one you just came from leading away from the central chamber. Along the wall are a dozen statues of armored knights. As Manfred notices them catching your eye, he whispers to you, they are statues of the first knights of the order. And as you turn, you count again and you count 13. Uh before you as you continue on uh, in the center of the room is a large round table with 30 plus seats arranged around it. A few other humans sit at the table already uh, and one sits in a larger more ornate chair that immediately catches your eye. It's towards the left of you. He has jet black hair and a well cropped goatee. He wears dark red plate mail that looks very ornate. In front of him laid across the table is a greatsword, equally ornate and equally well-designed and seemingly ceremonial. Standing directly behind him to the left is a tall figure no less than seven and a half feet tall. Uh, this figure wears similar ornate armor and holds a great axe, nearly the height of their body. Both the great axe and the armor are pure black, seeming as if they suck the light from the room as it goes near them. Manfred, as you approach the table, quietly bows towards the figure sitting down and then introduces you to Lord Agrir Rayala and then motions behind him and says, this is his second in command, Lady Karesha. And they seem kind enough as they nod to your father. And... Agreer stands and begins walking towards you. Bertram, is it? I have that uh, distinct pleasure, yes. Your father has told me many things, as he has a slight smile on his face. Uh, well, <clears throat> hopefully we can both say that after the end of today's uh, powwow. <laughs> well, your father has worked directly underneath me for the past 15 years. 
we have been close. Ah, glad I could finally meet you. It, uh, how does how does working for the precinct serve you? Well, um, it's work. Is it? Well, as is all. You seem nervous. No, I just. It's best left uh, unsaid. Um, it is it's... nice to meet you. I see. So you're not at all uncomfortable about the idea of a secret organization? Oh, uh, yes, absolutely. Um, I'm uncomfortable with that, and uh, that this organization uh, puts me in a sort of uh, uh, fatherlessness. Um, yes, yes, ah. I've I've many thoughts and feelings about all of it. I see, and I'm hoping to understand more. Um, well, let's leave it at that. I see. Well, our meeting here will hopefully shed light upon that. However, for this meeting to continue or commence with you present, Bertram, it is required that you be sworn into our organization. It's kind of a bit weird, isn't it? It is. You, you, you have it to is. agree to the tenets of the organization before you can understand the organization. How does anyone ever do this? It's fair. Your father explained some, I hope, of our dealings. Maybe not in particulars, hopefully. Uh, no, um, I believe I'm here for the particulars. I see. So what, what is it that you, you do understand? Um, that you're a secret a cabal of dragon people and... <laughs> dragon people. Um, you uh, protect the sequestered powers of the chromatic dragons within bloodlines, I, I suppose. And um, I have that uh, unique uh, displeasure as well. And if I don't understand how to control it, you either have to kill me or I'll go crazy. No, no. Bertram... Those are not your only options. And in fact, the first is farthest from like. Well, um, then it's rude to put your swords on the dinner table. Bertram, they, it is better that they be shown openly. And this is no dinner table. I understand your misgivings. However, your rude behavior will not be tolerated. And I hope you can understand that. I can understand and sympathize with your frustration with the secrecy of our dealings so far. But can you? Really? Truly? Yeah. I was in your position once myself. And did the person in charge of your father tell him to be a father in name mostly? If not only? No. The person in charge of my father ordered him to give his life for the organization. So I can tell you I understand what it is truly like to grow up without a father because of this organization. I can also tell you that after being here and working for this organization for the last 35 years, I believe in what they're fighting for. And I respect what my father gave up. Well, 
Um, hopefully we can, I can also, uh, approach it with a similar perspective. I hope you can, but as someone who did, I don't think it will come quickly, and I respect that. But for us to continue, you will need to officially join our organization. Now, this official joining is not a permanent thing. We have magics that allow us to remove the memory of this event from your mind. Of course, with your written consent. And from there, we can move forward. And there are ways we can try to remove these abilities. Or not remove, but lock them away. So it is unlikely that they resurface for this, of course, is an option for you, but if what your father says is true about your work with the police force, I don't think that that's what you want. Well, I am here to learn more, to be inducted, and um, <clears throat> try to understand. Of course. So it is important that I inform you that our number one goal is to not allow the power of the dragon to ever return. That was made clear to you by your father? Very much so, although the details of which I suppose I'm here for. So this power that you have now, right, is directly from the blood of the dragons that we once fought against. And if... This small bit of power gives us the abilities we have. Then we have come to learn that the Dragonborn themselves hold a smaller fraction of this power. Not quite as chaotic as that of ours, but they hold it. They are blood of the dragon, literally. They were created a more pure form of us, but... This power could be made more chaotic. And it has always been a fear of ours that the leadership of the Chromatic Dragons wished to bring back the dragons themselves. Not, not because they wished to worship them as gods or fight alongside them as they did eons ago, but rather... To bring them under their heel. As you know, the magic and technology of this city have grown immensely in the years that have passed. Past 20 years, things have gotten to an astronomical level. The entirety of the world, what you see above us in the city, was not like this 30 years ago. The city was not much different from that of Vago, Erex Ridge, of the elven cities to the farther west just the technology that has was brought to them by the gnomes and that they manipulated with their magic in recent years has skyrocketed them into the new era and this is a dangerous thing because anyone who holds too much power over the world like this could use it for evil 
And within every single dragonborn in the city, the millions of them that reside here, they have the power that we protect just within and with the right amount of them and the right rights it is possible that they could bring them back we don't want that to happen now when you say that they are we kind of organization versus other secret organization no our establishment here in the last 10 years your father starting here uh was to determine the threat level of them to begin with. It was a suspected threat of the leadership as they were growing in power. Anyone of great power shows up on our radar. And I feel like it's less organization, the organization, as you put it, and more organization doing our best to ensure that the societal leaders are held where they are. And don't try to reach beyond what they should. So, um, you're an organization that keeps an eye on the people uh, in in power or that seek power? It Both. Sounds, okay. And all in the attempts to avoid, keep them from reawakening dragons as they used to be. Dragons at all. So, we don't, like, seek out dragon whelps and just kill them, or... <laughs> <laughs> yes, that is something we do, oh, but okay. dragon whelps are simply unhatched eggs at this point. Well, um... Okay. Uh, I could see how that would be... important you say that but I don't think you truly understand I don't think I have a, a good appreciation for it just yet so your abilities you manifested how, how did they come about I was very drunk and um I'm not sure truly I mean more what happened physically Uh, someone attacked me and they were, they melted. Yes. I, what was it? Probably. Ah. I don't remember there being much heat. Was uh, there gas at all expelled? I don't remember being gassy. Um, that's not what I meant. <laughs> I know, I'm just simply... <laughs> having a time uh, trying to remember. Right. Um, <clears throat> well. I think perhaps, maybe, let's say there was. Well then, would you mind stepping back for a moment for me? Sure. So he motions over and then tilts his head back up towards the ceiling, this domed ceiling, standing near the center of the room and this jet of flame erupts from <laughs> his maw and just it engulfs the wall and rolls up it as it dissipates and the cracks that were shimmering with color turn pure red for a moment 
but it seems like it dissipates quite quickly after that. And that, what I just did, that's not what you experienced, correct? Uh, no, I, no, no. Mm. It was much more uh, melty and less flamey. I see. So this probably indicates that your abilities manifest as the green dragons of ancient time. Well, green is a great color on me. Is it? Most of them are. They, yes. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, of course. Yeah. That ability that you showed, melting a man, right? The great green dragons of the past would melt the flesh and the bone of all inhabitants of an entire city with one exhale of their breath. So you can imagine our fervence to ensure that these creatures that wish nothing but malice on us to never exist again. No, uh, a melting city would uh, <clears throat> be a great album name, but a terrible event to occur. Um, <clears throat> okay, I can understand uh, dragons roaming around. Very bad. So, what's your day-to-day -day like? Well? What, what do you want from me? Maybe I should ask that. General information, of course. About? Uh... Specifically in your position in the police force, you have access to different information as it flows through your own department. What we ask is that you keep an eye out for these signals. We thrive on a network. I mentioned eggs, right? Hatchlings as you refer to them. They have shown up from time to time. I've dealt with a few in my time. But we we rely on our network to catch these things. You will be part of that network to begin with. However, being the son of Manfred, this holds you a higher position than some within our organization to begin you are privy to our meetings here you would be considered in all effects of the world word a knight of the order hmm never thought of myself as a knight seems <laughs> a bit sweaty and all that armor but uh your father is also a knight to be clear and i see him not wearing any armor Trust me, this armor is very uncomfortable. I don't <laughs> like wearing it. Uh, well. <clears throat> okay. Um. Bertram, uh, roll a perception check for a moment. <laughs> it's not bad. Okay. It's pretty good. Okay. Perception. Uh, dirty 20. Dirty 20. Okay. Uh, so with a dirty 20, 
when he mentions mentions that his armor is uncomfortable, he he seems to show some sort of tell at this, and might not be entirely true. Gotcha. Um, Bertram's played many card games and uh, swapped totally unbelievable stories with others. Now that I have an idea what his tell is, do I have any idea of if I've seen him tell before any on, on any things that he's uh, mentioned so far? No, actually, uh, seeing this tell, uh, you have not. This is the first, first time, time you are recognizing this. Yeah, right, cool. and it was it was almost obvious gotcha. in in him. It, it just it was as if he almost grimaced after saying it. As all as if he was just trying to hide the smirk. You no, know, more like. He said it to comfort you, but then realized it was not the truth, almost. Hmm. Regretting his lie to you is almost how you perceive it. Gotcha. Well, uh, okay. So the responsibilities of a knight. Uh, how did you phrase it? Uh, knight of... What, what is the name of the club? <laughs> we are referred to as the Order... Of the dragon's blood. So it would be a knight of the dragon's blood. Yes. Okay. It has a nice meter to it. It does. <clears throat> so, it... as a knight of the dragon's blood, what... I'm just keeping an eye out for information and coming to meetings and... Correct. That's exactly what it is. That's it? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I'm in many clubs already, but I could, of course, <laughs> make this a priority. Um, Excellent. I still... Well, what next, then? Well, next, uh, I think we should go sit down, as I believe everyone's almost gathered. Okay. And he motions back towards your father. There's a seat next to him waiting for you. Well, um... For now, just stand next to Brazov, however, as an unofficial member of the Order. Very well. And he walks away from you at that. And we will move away from Bertram for a moment. Isn't this some good quality music? This is Skirmish Epic, Deadly Contest by Raphael Hofstetter from BattleBards.com. That's where we get all our background music and sound effects for the show. What is BattleBards? BattleBards is the most premium audio library ever created for the tabletop gaming experience, along with tools built specifically to use the audio seamlessly in-game. Tailor-made background music inspired by fantasy races and locations, voiceover scripts written to bring life to everyday NPC interactions, and a colossal array of bone-crushing, spell-blasting sound effects. This is Battle Bards. 
If you're looking to get the best value out of BattleBards.com, I would recommend giving BattleBards Prime subscription a try. With this monthly subscription, you can enjoy streaming access to all BattleBards content, access to all BattleBards tools, including their soundboard and mixer, the ability to upload and mix your own private audio library, and 20% off all purchases of sounds you wish to permanently add to your collection. I think this is enough for me. Go check it out for yourself and see what they have to offer. Now, let's get back to Dice List. So you guys uh, decided that. Second. Uh, you guys have decided to go after these cobalt thugs that took you. Uh, that you guys actually mostly took down at this point. Um, the vehicle that you had commandeered at one point no longer operates since <laughs> it was shut off. Uh, you tried to start it up again and realized that the tank is punctured. It is not going to move any further. Um, however, you do have your quad motor with you. Yeah, what, what is the condition of our quad motor? Uh, unaffected. You guys completely ignored what I thought you would do and hop in your quad motor and chase <laughs> after them and just used your inhuman speeds to catch <laughs> up to these people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That and a really sick arrow. That too. Yep. I gave that to you fully intending for you to use that, but you know. Oh yeah. Um yeah, uh first, uh I, th I think we have some injuries that need to be tended to before we go chasing after them. So Okay. Um, I I was basically just gonna try to take a short rest on our way if we could if we're taking a quad motor. Uh yeah, during this time you guys could easily take a short rest before okay. hopping in the quad motor. That okay. should be easy. Uh, Tebow can also do the same if he took any damage last time. Okay. Uh, Dirk's back up to full from okay. that short rest. Spending all of his hit dice. And we're getting in our quad motor and heading to where uh, Tebow is leading us to. Yeah. So uh, is uh, Dirk driving with Tebow in the passenger seat and uh, Adam in the back? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Oh, what were you going to say? Well, Adam's going to try to take a nap. Honestly. <laughs> take a nap? Wow. Okay. Fucking, we, just, we just went through a fight with a gang of kobolds. Yeah, and you did have that moment last night. That, yeah. yeah. Fucking that, too. Yeah, that's... I'm sure I probably stayed up a little bit thinking about that, so... Yeah. yeah going to yeah. try to catch some shut-eye. Yep. As I literally yawn thinking about getting shut-eye. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, so you guys are heading back to uh, the central area of the Balbarum district. Uh, Tebow has a general idea of where they are located, and he hopes that they will spot the contraption that they were driving. Mm -hmm. um, so as you guys are kind of uh, meandering around, can I have all three of you make perception checks, please? Just to kind of 
see if you're noticing things. Okay. Uh, another thing, since we took a hour short rest, uh, Dirk will summon Zed back after having him scout and, yeah. and see if he saw a green light or Bertram. Uh, so yeah, he had gotten through about half of the um, Eastern Gate District's docks and did not find a green light at all. Okay. Um, well, uh, Bertram uh, didn't follow directions very well, so... Zed informs you that there's still more he can check in Eastern Gate, but... Yeah, but... It's a big area. We might need uh, Zed to help us find uh, these kobolds first. <laughs> so, <laughs> he's sleeping. I'm sleeping, yeah. Dirk, so, Dirk, Dirk, Dirk perception? <laughs> yeah, That's Dirk, up to you, man. Dirk uh, looks in the, in the rearview mirror and sees him just snoring away. It's like, oh... Okay. <laughs> roll, roll at disadvantage because you're like only awake for like parts of time, we'll say. Speaking of, uh, is it daylight out? Yes. Yes. Okay. It's like, so we're saying like one o'clock in the afternoon. Tebow rolls at disadvantage because he's Okay. I got 21. Right, perception. Uh, you know what? Actually, I'm going to roll to see because in this area, there's actually a decent amount of smog. Okay. Which is kind of what makes it a little bit ideal for the kobolds. Uh, yeah. And the level of smog right now, it's not bright out. So you do not suffer from disadvantage for Perfect. That. 18. Awesome. Okay, so an 18 and then... Uh, 14 for Dirk. 14, okay. So as you guys are driving around, uh, Dirk, you keep driving. Tebow, um, you're scanning the horizon, or not the horizon, but rather the buildings around you, and you notice something odd that you guys just passed. It looked like a similar type contraption made from a couple of quad, or a couple of bimotors sitting on the street. It wasn't exactly the same. It might be from this gang. You're not 100% sure. Uh, we should spin it around and take a look at the thing over there. It could be um, one of their kind of quad by motor contraptions. And as soon as Tebow says that, <laughs> you guys hear a loud crack as a cannon is fired. <laughs> and from the loud boom, it is a high-powered cannon. Adam fucking jumps out of this fucking <laughs> yes, Yeah, so Adam, <laughs> Adam hears this pop and instantly, like, leaps up uh, and just is like, what the fuck? Just completely terrified He's by got, like, sound. his gauntlet ready. He's just, like, yeah, walking around. Yeah. Uh, and all of you need to make a dexterity saving throw. Uh, jerk... I need you to make a dexterity check first. Okay, a check first. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah, buddy. Okay, so uh, with a natural 20, yep. <laughs> Dirk, you, uh, this is your check, we'll say, first. Okay. Right? okay. Yep. So uh, Dirk is driving this quad motor, and here's this crack, and just instantly turns the wheel. Inexplicably, was not planned, just a quick jerk with his hand, turning it uh, a full turn, and it just begins spinning. It, it just turns and Tokyo begins drift. to flip over. <laughs> oh, and it's a little top-heavy. Uh, however, before you, where you were headed, a cannon shot just explodes on the ground in front of you. You have missed getting hit by this in your quad motor. But the quad motor itself is now rolling down the street and falls into the cavity that was created by this explosion. 
Mm. However, you guys did avoid the brunt of this explosion. Could I? <laughs> and it is obviously coming from behind you. Uh, my deck save was 10. So 10. how how large was this, this crater or whatever that... Uh, it was, say, maybe 5, 10 feet wide. It's not enormous, but enough that the the car or the quad motor is now like leaning into it a little bit. Okay, so it's it's it, an abnormally large pothole now. Okay, so it's like yeah, a and foot, you guys are are a ups- foot or two deep. Or? Yeah, yeah, like maybe three feet deep at its deepest. Okay, uh, yeah, that, that's that's it's a pretty a big, big ass pot- big ass pothole, but <laughs> yeah. it's it's not so much that it's act- actual crater right okay. now. So, and and the quad motor is. Is it not on all four wheels? Is it? No, it is currently on its side. Uh, You guys did a like 270 degree flip here. Just. All right. So, yeah. Everybody out. (laughs) Uh, And actually, you guys made your dexterity saves. You got a 10. Mm -hmm. What'd you get? I got a seven. I was going to ask (laughs) if Adam had time to react and cast Misty Step. Nope. (laughs) Because you were asleep. No, I was up because of the pop of the. Yeah, that happened like all at the same second. Oh, all right. <laughs> the pop right. was just as the cannon is fired. All right, all right. <laughs> uh, Dirk got a 21 for his deck save. Okay. Uh, so Dirk is the only one who will uh, save on this one. So each of you is going to take damage. However, it is generally mitigated because it was going to be the quad motor exploding. <laughs> and now it's only it tumbling. Uh, so both... Adam and Tebow are going to take eight points of damage. Dirk will take four points. Alright. Yeah, I'm just trying to make sure I don't have that ability, that rogue ability yet that allows me to negate. You the... do. Oh, negate God. damage? Uh, oh, no, no, no. no, no you don't save? have that one. That's evasion. Okay, yeah. Okay. You, so, you yeah. do have uncanny dodge, but that's only for attack rolls, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so you said four? Yes, correct. Okay. Uh, so yeah, there's just a small bit of damage. You guys get a few bumps and bruises as the quad motor rolls over. Um, but behind you, there is the uh, the warehouse. And as you kind of are all scrambling out of it, uh, the cannon is visible from one of the upper windows now uh, as there's smoke billowing out of it. And you can tell that it's being reloaded right now from where you are standing. Okay. Uh, are we rolling for initiative now? Uh, that would probably be our best course of action. So okay. go ahead and roll for initiative, guys. <gasps> no. No. Wait, hang on. Has Adam ever rolled well for initiative? I don't think so. It's always Maybe been once. terrible. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Uh, 22 for Dirk. Of course. 21. Nice. Five. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah, it is. Back to your normal BS here. Uh, there oh. it is. Tebow was again. Oh, uh, sorry. Uh, 21. 21. Dirk was a 22. Correct. And Adam was a five. five. <laughs> okay. Can you remind me just real quick so I have it in my head uh, how much like a normal healing capsule would like how many dice does it recover you know? uh normal healing capsule should recover 2d4 plus 2 right <laughs> it's, a, it's a base one yeah it's okay. just a base healing right. right. so yep you're good um and you can take one of those as a free action on your turn dope that's the big benefit of them being capsules right um okay uh so 
as this is happening, uh, the cannon above is being reloaded. And you notice that the hands that were you could see kind of putting the shot in here, uh, you can no longer see them, which means you're guessing they have finished their task. And from behind them, you hear, Open fire! Fire! As uh, this raspy, kobold voice is heard from the distance. And you recognize it as the one that was shouting at you from the uh, dilapidated creations of theirs. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do not have the ability to fire yet. Next up is Dirk. Dirk, uh, you get to go on 22. Crap. <laughs> okay. Uh, how far away am I from the... You said they're on a building? Uh, correct, yes. You guys pass by it. Uh, we'll say that you guys are about uh, 100 feet away from the building right now. Okay. <sighs> All right. Straight. <laughs> yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Both of us, I think. Yeah. But his quick reaction did uh, ensure that. Right. Yeah. So. That's true. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. So Dirk is going to do two things. Okay. Uh, one, he's going to use... Uh, both his movement and his bonus action to dash okay. as close as he can, trying to uh, get out of sight of the cannon. Of the cannon. Okay. Yep. Um, and then he is going to cast a silent image uh, right right in front of that window with the cannon. Okay. And it's just going to be a, a completely like a complete smog cloud. Okay. Like yeah. Smoke screen. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So there's just this this smoke screen over them, and they are blinded essentially. Yep. yep. Okay. Cool. Uh, is there any sort of save for that uh, that they can make? Yeah. So I'm not gonna like en- engulf them in it. It's gonna be just right outside uh-huh. the window, and it is right. a 15 foot cube. Okay. Um. Like I, I just mean like do they have a save to like. And uh, use their action to investigate it. Okay. Uh, okay. DC uh, 15. Okay. All right. That's fine. Yep. I will keep that in mind. And then if they they figure it out, then they can see through it. Sounds good. Uh, so next up, we have Tebow. Uh, Tebow's going <clears> to <throat> run at them, and a wall of smog is going to appear in between them. Mm-hmm. Um, but he can only run 30 feet. So. Okay. That's what he's gonna do, um, and I—I I assume I can't see the people loading things. Not now. Around. Nope. Nope. Yep. yep. Y- you could have <laughs> um, thought as much. Thought as much. Okay. Yep. Um, I, Tebo, is. Well, he just had a short rest, so um, <laughs> he gets all his fun abilities back. I'm going to uh, use. That my action to dash. Okay, so you're sixty feet, in, sixty feet in. Uh huh. I have forty feet more to go, but okay. at least I'm there. Yep, kind of. Yeah. Um, and I'm gonna hold a. Can I just shoot where I remember them being, perhaps? Or if not, then I'm uh, Tebow's going to hold his action to shoot it somewhere. <laughs> he can see it. Uh, did you not use your action to dash? Uh, I'm using action surge. Oh, oh, I see. Okay, so you're gonna use your action surge. Um, you could shoot. You will have disadvantage on the attack mm-hmm. against them. Yeah, that's fine. okay. 
I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm gonna. Yeah. So you can take two shots with. Pew pew. Pew pew. Um. So, um, remind me again the the people I saw. Cause I would like to go. Tebow would like to shoot at the person uh, in charge of firing the can, if he has any inclination. The who or where. Yeah. Uh, with Tebow's training, he definitely knows like where that person would be positioned. So based on where he knew the cannon to be, you can accurately make that shot. Okay. Uh, I will let you know that they do have half cover. Sure, absolutely. As well as you having disadvantage. Right. So it's it's not an easy shot. Nah. Yes, he is. We have... Ooh, that's definitely going to miss. Uh, mental math. 15. 15. Eight and seven. 15 is exactly what you needed to hit. <laughs> <laughs> they only have a 13 yeah. AC, so you're good. Um, I'll just roll for my... Huh? Yeah, okay. Let's roll for both. That's probably definitely going to miss. It's 10. Yeah, 10, 10 definitely misses. You barely hit with the 15. So the first... Yeah. We got... 9 piercing. Okay, nine piercing damage. I will mark that. Uh, and you do, your, do hear a shriek. Got him! <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, uh, so Tebow <laughs> is done with his turn then. Cue kobold scream. <laughs> uh, I think I have to. Let me double check this maneuver. Okay. <laughs> this is so dumb, but I'm going to do it. Um, I'm going to use goading attack. Okay. So, because uh, I hit him with the weapon attack, I'm going to expend a superiority die uh, and add that damage. Okay. Uh, which is a D10 for you, I think, or is it D8? Okay. So you get to do a D8 damage. <laughs> That's three more. Okay. Nice. And uh, they need to make a Wisdom saving throw of DC 15. If they fail, then they have disadvantage uh, on shooting anyone that's not me. A but Wisdom saving throw. Yeah. Okay. They'll probably have that anyway. What's the DC? <laughs> What's that? 15, one, five. 15. Okay. Uh, yeah. Failed majorly. <laughs> uh, in fact, you know what? Since they already have disadvantage, I will say that it stalls them for an extra round. Ooh, so next awesome. round, they will not fire. Damn. Awesome. So, Tebow MVP. Yeah. It's a complex <laughs> piece of machinery. Makes <laughs> makes sense to me. We will give you that because you wasted something you only have a little bit of. Yeah, I'm Tebow. No, no, no. But yeah, I'm not gonna let you waste your shit for nothing. Uh, so next up, we have Cobalts, uh, and there are three of them in the windows above the cannons window, and you see the barrel of long guns being pointed down at you. And we're gonna see because they're gonna shoot at you guys kind of randomly right now. All right. Uh, so. Two are going to go towards Tebow, and one will go towards Adam. Uh, so the two shooting at Tebow. Actually, they're each going to have two shots. Uh, so Tebow, your armor class is? 18. 18. So one will hit you from the first guy. In the second. Uh, ooh, wait, hang on. That cloud, would it? it have extended up an entire story uh it was a 15 foot cube so uh we will say it is because at least an angle downwards because you're a little bit closer to the building now so they would have disadvantage because they're shooting through that sure Uh, you're a generous god 
<laughs> I try to be. <laughs> uh, so no hits on you actually yet. Uh, no hits at all. Okay. Four shots, just bang, 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 bang. You just fire like off. Hopping from one foot to the other. Yeah. <laughs> They're nowhere shots. near you, but you're Still just hopping it. back and forth, <laughs> giddily. Um, as Adam, however, is not, because he's still all the way back by the um, quad motor, he is not protected by the cloud, unfortunately, just fair based enough. on angle alone. Uh, figured that was a fair way since you didn't plan on that, but uh, so the first shot rings out, and how does a 16 strike you? A 16 would normally strike me, but Adam's going to use his reaction to cast shield. Okay, cool. So that brings your AC up to? Uh, 17, I believe. 17, okay. Plus, oh, no, 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 no it's plus five. five. Yeah. Okay. So 20. 20, okay. So Adam, as you are standing there, the you feel a bullet coming near to you, and you snap your fingers on your gauntlet, and the shield envelops in front of you, and you just see two bullets smack into it with this loud ting and slide off of the shield as it blocks both of them. Dope. Uh, So that concludes the sharpshooters up above. Uh, Next up, it is now Adam's turn. All right. Uh, Would you... No. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I don't have to ask that. All right, uh, they're a hundred feet away from me. Is that right? Correct. Okay. And how high up are they in this building? Uh, so we'll say that it is on the third floor, where the cannon is, and the sharpshooters are on the fourth. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think roughly like ten, twelve feet each floor. So. All right. Uh, their windows on the first floor. Uh, there are, but they are mostly boarded up. All right, all right. Yeah, that's 120 feet. Cool. I'll uh, cast Scorching Ray. Okay. All right, so you cast Scorching Ray. Are you attacking the ones up in the, uh, that are sharpshooting yeah. at you? Okay. Yeah. I'm... So there's there's three of them exactly, so you can aim one at each if that's what you want to do. Uh, actually, I'm going to just make all three go at one. Okay, yeah. So you do that. Um, they do have partial cover. Okay. So their AC will be increased by two, but you can make three attack rolls against them. All right. So go ahead and do that, and let me know what you roll. Your number to beat is 18. The sharpshooters grunts. Nat 20, nice. two, and eight. <laughs> okay, uh, what's your bonus? Will uh, the eight get you to eighteen? Probably not a plus ten there. Probably not. It's plus six. Okay, no. that's fine. So, so the nat twenty will hit. So you will get to do forty-six plus uh, points of damage. Still not a small matter. Four, four, five, and six. For nineteen. Nineteen points of damage. Nice. Okay, that was a significant attack towards them. Oh yeah. Uh, you can do. You do hear them kind of like shriek from that window uh, as they roll back, and you can see the room is dimly lit by the fire now engulfing them uh, <laughs> as it is put out as they pat it down before reemerging hesitantly. Uh, Did but, one or two of them hit? Because it's two d six. Only one hit with a crit. Yeah, it was a crit. So oh, four d six. Yeah. 
Um, uh, what's up? As my bonus action, I want to activate my blade song. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so I will can run real, real heckin' fast. <clears throat> so eighty feet towards them. I'm gonna try to like. Oh, cause uh, so are the boots of speed just always active? Yeah, I don't. Okay. Uh, well, or is it something you have to activate as a bonus action? I think you gotta think click I, them together, but I'm not sure. I'm what pretty the sure you Economy do. is. I think it's a bonus action to click them together. I don't know if it has a limit to how often you can do it either. Yeah. Yeah, I have to use a bonus action and click the boots together, so I won't do... I won't... Um, you can move 40 benefit. in a turn. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's uh, a, that's all you have left in your with your action economy, because you used your bonus and your action already. Yep. So. Yeah, because right, I base 30 usually, and Blade Song more. gives me another 10. All yeah. right, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um... Is there anything I can like take cover behind that's in between? Uh, the side of the, like the, the line of buildings that you're kind of running along here mm -hmm. will give you at least partial cover. Uh, kind of like how Dirk said he was kind of huddling down towards that side, just so he's less of a target from the cannon and also the, the fire above. So um, you can use that. And as you get closer, you will have more cover. So right now you'd have say half cover. Dope. All right. Um, so that's it. And from here, we're going to leave you guys in suspense <laughs> <laughs> as we head over to Bertram. And the meeting has begun as Bertram stands uh, off behind his father to the left, Brazoff to his father's right. Uh, I'm sure Bertram stands a little bit uncomfortably back there, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... He's more of a person of movement <laughs> yeah. than uh, uh, someone who's comfortable with just standing still. But, uh, yeah, he, he would do his best to not get stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, Agreer, after being seated, uh, he motions for all to sit at the table or stand in their appropriate positions like yourself. And you do notice as you wait for everyone to come to their appropriate spots, there are several people, um, all seeming a little bit better dressed, that have similar people standing behind them. You're assuming that these are figures of some sort of higher standing, similar to your father. Um, and these other individuals are working for them. Um, however, based on that, you can tell that similar to the person you were introduced as the second in command of this chapter of the organization. Um, what? <laughs> forgot the name. Uh, where is this? Right here. Yeah. Uh, Lady Koresha. The, the woman who you did not know to be a woman clad in the pitch black armor. Um, and now that it has commenced, she has removed her helm and sits next to uh, Agreer. And something that you find immediately odd, you were informed that all the members of this uh, group were human. But based on this person, you're fairly certain they are not entirely human, at least. They look to have some form of orcish blood in them, at least. 
um, maybe heavily leaning towards orcish based on their sheer size and their facial structure, just being more angular, uh, having a more olive-colored skin and um, almost like teeth that seem to not fully fit in her mouth. Um, but Agrir pulls the sword off of the table and he slides it into a slot in the chair that he is sitting in and it makes a click noise as you sit. The facility is now secure. We can commence our meeting. No communication will be allowed in or out during the duration of this meeting. <laughs> and no one seems to bat an eye at this. This seems, except for you, who is just like wide-eyed <laughs> looking around at everyone like, um, the fuck? <laughs> yeah, Bertrand's trying to fight the uh, intense urge to test it by writing in his page. <laughs> um, so uh, you are able to kind of look around real quick, and he begins the meeting by saying, welcome all, thank you for coming to this rushed meeting. Uh, today we have a new inductee, and as is customary when one finds their abilities, we are to induct them as soon as possible into the organization, if they wish. And he looks over at you, Bertram Durgestride, son of Manfred Durgestride. It has come to our attention that you have developed abilities that which match the blood of the green dragon. Please step before me. Uh, Bertram will, ever the showman, uh, just kind of <clears throat> cockily saunter over <clears throat> in front of him. Do as he asks. Yeah, so uh, you cockily saunter over. Uh, go and roll a performance check just to see how, like, yeah, 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 yeah. how much swagger you got here. Trying to hide the extreme nerves. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that looked. Uh, -huh. <laughs> uh, what? You said performance. Correct. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. It feels like a performance check here. Uh, I am looking at Tebow. Hang on. I was like, "There's no way it's Why minus is he one." So bad at this. <laughs> There's no way it's minus one. I started to panic. Oh god, uh, that was kind of funny. <laughs> Twenty-seven. Twenty. Twenty-seven. Holy, Holy shit! 16 on a cracker. Plus eleven. Nice. Okay, so with a twenty-seven. Um, you, you, with a nice gait, are able to wander up to him and your own pace, as if you are holding everyone on by with every step. Uh, as you approach, Agreer looks at you and asks, please hand me your weapon, sir. It's a bit awkward. I used which one? Whichever you feel you wish to give me. Your rapier will do. I'll just <laughs> grab my rapier and just uh Yeah. With with the like flourish. A flourish flourish it out of the uh Yeah. And it, it, you flip it in the air and catch it with the blade as you hand it to him. Uh and he takes it from you gingerly bowing as he does so. Uh pausing for a moment with his hand on it. Bertram, would you please kneel before me? I will do that. And you do it with the most grace. <laughs> <laughs> kinda, if, uh, if hesitant when you do so. 
Yeah, uh, for for this and that high of a performance check, just all of Bertram's movements almost have like a a, a beat mm-hmm. or yeah uh, rhythm to them. It's it's as if it flows with his words as he speaks, mm-hmm. and he Bertram, you are to repeat after me as you are inducted into our order. I swear to uphold the edicts of the Order of the Dragon's Blood. I swear to uphold the edicts of the Order of the Dragon's Blood. To further its cause and to strike against the enemy when called to action. To further its cause and strike against the enemy when called to action. I will hold its secrets tight and never let them fly. I will hold its secrets tight and never let them fly. I shall pass my abilities on to my children and their children, so the power of the dragon never returns. He hesitates this line. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Bertram remembers what he said. There were more words that I forgot. (laughs) Um, But he he, he kind of takes just the slightest of hesitation. what was my line again? No, it's okay. I'll, I was. <laughs> I shall pass my abilities on to my children and their children, so the power of the dragon never returns. I shall pass my abilities to my children and their children, so that the dragons may never return. Rise, Sir Bertram Durgestride, Green Knight of the Order of the Dragon's Blood. Rise, Sir Bertram Durgestride, <laughs> Green Knight of the Order of the Blood. Um, there are a few chuckles, and Agrir himself chuckles. <laughs> of course. Uh, I'll, I'll go rise, though. <laughs> Just laughing myself. And he hands the weapon back to you, hilt first. And as he does so, he, you notice that he cuts himself as if he, well, you take it from him, he grips it and slides it along the blade. Are you okay? And he holds his hand up and whispers some words to himself and the blood on his hand dissipates and the blood on your blade dissipates, and there's a faint glow to it. Bertram, your rapier that is a plus one weapon now also deals uh, 1d4 uh, poison damage Ooh, when you hit with it. Nice. Neat. Uh, Is it... I don't think it was plus one before. Is it plus one now? Oh, it is plus one. Yeah, it's plus one. Yeah, it's okay. So it's still plus one, and it also mm-hmm. gains that ability as well. Gonna, as part of my flourish, just hide it as much as I can, wipe the blade <laughs> off. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Slide, ram the uh, uh, rapier back. Do you notice that the uh, the acid on it does kind of affect your leather gloves that you are wearing in a negative manner as you do so? As if it scorches it a little bit. But that is for another time. As we leave here, as Bertram was just knighted by the Order of the Dragon's Blood. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Dice Heist. (sighs) Next time we will pick up after uh, we go back to the other guys and find out 
What else is up Welcome with this dice organization? Roll the dice and see what we can get away with. My name is Aaron. I will be yeah. playing. Goodbye, Aaron. Now, guys. We're trading characters today. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Sorry, podcast I was listening to today did that. <laughs> Turn my microphone on. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Alright, back from the top. Welcome to Dice Eyes. We roll the dice and see what we can get away with. My name is Aaron. I will be playing. Second time! Alright, alright. Nobody three. look at him, okay? <laughs> three. <laughs> Welcome to Dice Heist, where we roll the dice and see what we can get away with. My name is Aaron. I will be playing... <laughs> I got the gills now. It's not just say Bertram Dirtstride. September 5th. I'd like to take this moment... I will be playing Bertram Dirtstride, your resident calls. bard. Starting, uh, of course, off to with Aaron, the wizard, Bronson, as it were. And Nick. Over we to you, play Nick. Bertram, Adam, and Dirk on the podcast. I'd also like to thank Nick one more time for letting us use a song something for now as our intro and outro for the show really love it and thank you so much for that man i also must thank my wife erica for her support and her wonderful work on our show notes she does a wonderful job writing them for me with just a few crappy notes and she makes it something magical of course i must thank battlebards.com for their help improving our show just by giving us access to their expansive library of D&D style sound effects and music. Uh, of course, if you guys would like to help support us, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash dice heist. It's all one word and lowercase dice heist, uh, where you guys can gain access to exclusive bonus content just for a few bucks a month. Uh, we really hope to see you guys there. There we have our after show and our one-shot mini-series that you guys can get access to there. Uh, don't forget to also check us out on Twitter at Dice underscore Heist and on Facebook at Dice Heist Podcast. Feel free to reach out to us there or send us an email at DiceHeistPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of Dice Heist. Dice Heist.